Everyone, welcome to another awesome day with a struggle. I'm Sean Lee. And I'm James Park. We're here to discuss the reality of daily struggles and how it's a constant no matter where we are on our journey. Join us for honest conversations as we navigate life, business, and career challenges. Learn how to accept the struggles and how it's all about the mindset. So this week, we jump into chapter two of Tara Brock's Radical Acceptance, and we talk about acceptance, how actually it's a paradox, and we kind of dig into a couple different ways of how to think about accepting yourself. We go over some examples, mainly golf, so sorry any non-golf fans. (laughs) Enjoy listening to the episode. All right, welcome everybody. My name is James. Virtually across from me always is Sean. And this is Startup Struggles. Thanks for tuning in and letting us into your ears. Yeah, if you're listening for the first time, Startup Struggles covers our struggles for the startups that we are part of, and most importantly, the startup of you, of ourselves, basically. And no matter what we do, no matter how much we improve, and this sounds terrible, but (laughs) I don't mean it to sound like this, but you know, there's always something that we're struggling through, regardless of the time and place. There's always something new. Yeah. Life is a game and a game has challenges and obstacles and struggles. And no matter where you are in life, there's always going to be ups and downs. There's always going to be good days and bad days. I think we have just slowly started to realize that even throughout this six month, this has been six months for the few months that we've been doing this, we're realizing that it's just no matter what profession you are in, no matter what you are doing, no matter how good or bad today feels, tomorrow is always a new day. Mm -hmm. I think a big part of why we started reading Radical Acceptance by Tara Brock is for this reason. I mean, the book title is Acceptance, and you have to be able to accept who you are, where you are, no matter the situation. And that's actually how you can begin to change. So last week, we started in chapter one of the book, and I jumped way ahead and I talked about the sacred pause, which actually is really further. It's like in chapter five or six of the book. And we also discovered while we're talking is that if you're listening to the audiobook or you're reading, the chapters are actually different because in the audiobook, I think it breaks up the written text into smaller chunks. Chapter one is a forward. And then chapter two is the prologue. That's why everything is shifted by two chapters. So chapter three is a sacred pause in the physical book, which means it's chapter five in the audio version, Mm -hmm. just for reference. Yeah, so I jumped way ahead there. But I mean, this week, we're both focusing on an earlier part of the chapter, chapter two, which is awakening from the trance. This chapter starts off with a quote from Carl Rogers. And the quote is, the curious paradox is that when I accept myself just as I am, then I can change. I think Tara Brock starts off this chapter with that quote because a lot of people misunderstand what acceptance actually means. A lot of people say, you have to accept me as I am. This is how I am, so you have to accept me. Take it or leave it. And so if you take that kind of mindset and you're saying, this is just how I do things. These are the habits I already have. I'm just going to accept who I am. 
then it becomes very difficult to have any change, right? Especially if you're someone who's trying to go through self-improvement and you're trying to break some bad habits. But if you just accept that, how do you actually break out of it? For me, that's why that quote was so powerful because it's such a weird thing to say that you can only change when you are okay with who you are. If you're okay with who you are, why do you need to change? (laughs) Yeah, it's such a weird thing. It definitely is a paradox. Carl Rogers says it very, very well. It's just very ironic. But I bring it from the approach of my struggle for always wanting to be different. I've been wanting to change for a long time. I was really frustrated with myself, frustrated with where I am in life, who I've become. And it was only after this kind of process of being okay with myself as I am now that I realized that you can build on top of that. Before, I was never okay with this. I was never okay with who I've become. I hated myself. I had very low self-worth of myself. And it was only when I started to value how far I've come and what I've become, then something in my head clicked. It was like, oh, this is okay. I can go forward from here. And it's all about just kind of being able to move forward. And if you're like very stuck in this kind of life and things are very rigid, you lose purpose to move forward. You lose your footing. I feel like that's the difference between saying like, I accept myself and like, I don't care what people think versus what you're describing, the opposite side of the paradox, which is you accept yourself, but you accept yourself as like, this is my starting point, basically. Yeah, I like that, having a good footing. Yeah, if you don't have a starting point as to like, okay, this is who I am, then how do you get to somewhere else if you don't know where you're starting from? But I'm curious to explore that the opposite side of that paradox first to unbundle that. Because there's something there that I don't quite understand, which is, I mean, it is a curious paradox because if I accept myself as I am, why do I need to change? Maybe you don't need to. You're right. Maybe you don't need to. Yeah. That's actually very interesting. Maybe you don't need to because even in the quote, it says, then I can change. Yeah. It means if there needs to be change, you can change, but you don't need to change. It doesn't say that I need to change. Right. It just creates a space. So something that I've realized from a lot of our conversations is that the human mind has this instinctive ability to compress things, to simplify things, or to put things together that should not be together, Hmm. and to bundle things. And what I mean by that is like we bundle acceptance with change, and they're actually two different things. Accepting yourself should be independent of whether or not you have to change. That's kind of, I think, what we just uncovered here. But here's the paradox. You cannot change unless you have a starting point, a footing of where do you accept yourself as. I accept myself as unprepared. I accept myself as unknowledgeable. Like I don't have enough knowledge in this area and now I can go learn. Take golf. I accept that I am terrible at golf. And so... I know where I'm starting from and I know what I need to do next to get better. Yeah. It's having a baseline. Yeah. I'm not in denial of saying like, no, I don't suck at golf. (laughs) Like, yeah, I am athletic in other ways and other areas and other sports. So I should be very good at this. I think that's an interesting example. And, and maybe tying it all together, I can accept that I suck at golf. 
And I can be totally okay with it. Like, I don't need to be good at golf. Who says I need to be good at golf? And maybe that's where like the change portion is conditional or it's dependent. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have to improve my golf game for my life to be better. (laughs) Yeah. So I think the acceptance portion is definitely the first step and it is completely independent of change. Change is a choice. Right. Whether you want to be different or not is totally up to you. Yeah. And I think the fallacy or the paradox is that we think that if we recognize a deficiency, that we have to change, that we have to improve. And I just gave an example just by accident. That's like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there's many areas of my life that I would love to change, but I don't need to change all of them. I would love to ride longer, have better bike times. I would love to climb faster at rock climbing. I would love to live heavier weights, but I don't have to. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's true. But we're tricked to think that we have to change. If we accept some weakness that we have to change, we have to improve it. No, you don't. You can, I think certain areas of your life, not only can you have permission to maintain status quo, but frankly, we do. <laughs> That's just the reality. Let's go back for a second. So when you said when we accept a weakness, we're tricked in thinking that we have to change that. Mm-hmm. So does that mean that acceptance, it usually only comes from a weakness or is it? Or perceived. It's perceived too, because some things are comparative. Like my golf game is comparative. If golf standard was triple bogey for every single hole, right? You'd be excellent. Then I'd be like, I'm there, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's not. You'd be on the PGA tour. Right. But you get what I'm saying? Like somebody else had set the standard and said, this is par and this is how you should be playing. And the reality is like, do I accept that societal constraint or that societal rule, the rule of the game? Yeah. You and I definitely don't participate in any kind of weightlifting challenges. So for us, there's really no constraint there. Like there's no like, oh, I'm not lift, I'm not benching 300 pounds. You know, I'm not squatting 600 pounds. Like... I'm a failure. But for some people, they think like that because they're playing to those rules. Hmm. And so I think if anything, there's a huge level of acceptance, even around, especially we've talked about money before. And this is actually quite recurring in my conversations with friends. My really close friends, like they have different financial needs. And for them, like it's all over the place. I mean, some people that I know literally need $2,000 a month. And then there are some people I know who can't live without $15,000, $20,000 a month. And you're just like, that's a 10x difference. Yeah. Right? But how do these two people continue to live? And I think those are really interesting examples of acceptance. Like one person clearly can, like a human being can clearly accept living with $2,000 a month and live in a healthy, productive way. And then there are human beings that cannot live with $20,000 a month (laughs) and, (laughs) you know, struggle and stress and whatnots. And you can accept it, but you don't have to change. You have a choice to change. I like that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I think maybe the title Awakening from the Trance, the path of radical acceptance is maybe a part of that is realizing you have choices that just because you accept something doesn't mean you have to do something about it. Yeah, and and I think the title suggests that you're awakening from your thoughts. 
Like just because you think it doesn't mean that you have to act on it or react on it. That's right. That's a better way to put it. Yeah. Because the the guided meditation at the end of this chapter is is all about mindfulness and meditation and focusing on the breath. And that when thoughts inevitably come up, you're supposed to label them as just thinking. And so awakening from this, the trance of always following your thoughts is that you are starting to recognize, oh, this is just a thought. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to accept your thought, right? You can just let it go. Yeah, I like that at the end, you know, it says radical acceptance is not resignation. Radical acceptance does not mean defining ourselves by our limitations. It is not an excuse for withdrawal. And radical acceptance is not self-indulgence. Radical acceptance does not make us passive. Radical acceptance does not mean accepting a self. I think we'll have to break that down more. But overall, it's just this idea that, yeah, it doesn't mean resignation. It's just recognition, awakening. It's having awareness of yourself, of where you are. Yeah. That summary, I think, is like the main points throughout this chapter. Yeah. And I like that there's a quote at the end from author Storm Jameson. says, there's only one world, the world pressing against you at this minute. There's only one minute in which you are alive, this minute here now. The only way to live is by accepting each minute as an unrepeatable miracle. That was cool. Yeah. This is good. I even feel a little bit more clear now after talking with you about this. Because I always had that gut feeling. Like, does it mean I'm resigning? Does it mean I'm just like accepting? It's like, maybe I am. Maybe I am accepting and resigning is a strong word, but maybe I'm accepting that area of my life as is right now because I need to focus on in a more important area of my life versus just obsessing over it. Oh, I'm not making enough money. Oh, I'm not doing X, Y, Z. And it's just, it's like, okay, that's okay. Oh, I'm not a PGA pro. <laughs> it's like, it's okay. I'm just going to accept that as it is right now so I can focus on something else right now. And that's totally okay. Yeah. Something that I wrote about that kind of aligns with this is like this recently I've accepted the idea that life should be hard. Because I think a lot of times when we grow up, we kind of want things to be easy. We search for that. We expect something to be easy. Well, maybe not everyone. I don't want things to be hard. Yeah. And I want to say that everyone might think this way, but I'm not quite sure. I think we do. It's a human efficiency thing. Like you, it's a survival instinct. Yeah. You just want it to be easy. You don't want to be stressed out. You don't want to have to exert that much force to do certain things. But something that I'm only recently coming around to is this idea that actually everything is fucking hard. Life is hard. Yeah. And when you expect something to be difficult, it actually makes it easier. I agree. Because maybe you're already accepting like, oh, this is hard. Okay. That's okay. And maybe even with that, it would push away the fear of failure. A lot of times you don't want to do things because we're afraid to fail. And if something is difficult and we expect it to be easy, you don't want to do it. Yeah. But if you can just accept that life is a struggle. And again, as we started the show, we'll see it everywhere. And once you accept that, it becomes much easier to live with. It becomes much easier to bear. Yeah. Maybe not to bear, but just to like continue walking down your path. I mean like, oh, today sucks, but you know what? I guess it's normal. It happens to everybody. Yeah. Maybe that's how we should open the show. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm not kidding. Like 
I think that is so accurate. I hate keep on bringing up golf, but this is like the most most topical thing in my life lately. I will say that like that's exactly my mentality. Like I just know that this is going to be really hard. I'm going to have good days and bad days. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose 20 balls on the golf course, yep. you know, and it's going to cost me X amount of money on top of the green fees. <laughs> yeah, because balls are expensive, man. I hope you're not using like Pro V ones. No, I, I think even Costco balls are like a dollar or two dollars a ball. Dude, they're expensive. Even Kirkland balls are freaking expensive. That's what I use. I use Hesung's. They're nice. Yeah. But the point is that I set the right expectations for myself. And I think that's something, now that we bring that up, that's something that I don't always do well. I don't think that's something we, we can always do well as humans. With something new, obviously, like I can clearly say like, this is going to take me a while. Yeah. But with something that is familiar, you might be more prone to think, oh, this should be easy. But you don't realize that, hey, actually, there's a lot of new elements to it. Maybe the skill itself hasn't changed or what's required, but the time's changed. Mm -hmm. You've changed. And it kind of might even go back to what you're talking about, how our brain bundles things. So our previous experiences are logged into our memory as like, oh, this was easy, or I did this before, so it shouldn't be a problem. We should expect to do this really, really well because we did it well last time. Yeah. And then it doesn't go the way that you think. And the result's just not positive and you get down yourself. Yeah. That's why I think everyone should pick up golf because golf is like a literal reminder <laughs> of life. Golf is either the best teacher game or the worst game. I don't know. I don't know what the... <laughs> I, no, I think golf is one of the best teachers in life, I think. I think it's a great like teaching tool. The more we talk about it on the show, the more I realize like it's a great teaching tool. Like literally I see the difference between our friend who you know I play golf with and myself in terms of just our mindset is he expects himself to be great because he's been playing it for 10 years. Yeah. But you know, he doesn't keep up practice and if you don't keep up practice, why would you expect yourself to continually be good? Mhm. Mm yep. Whereas I come in just like, I don't expect myself to be good at all. And yep. I'm super happy. I'm enjoying it. And he's not, you know? It's, yeah. But we're playing the same game and we're hitting, like literally we're playing the same game and hitting the same number of shots. And he's actually losing a lot less balls. <laughs> <laughs> Golf is, it's changed my approach a lot to sports in general. I remember when I first started playing, I was trying to be good, expecting to get better with practice, but I never did. I never got good. I'm actually horrible at golf, no matter how much I practiced. The biggest change that I made was, you know, in golf, you keep score by how many strokes you, you take, right? And for me, I was not improving in strokes, not that much, and it got really frustrating. And the biggest shift that I made was that I would accept that I was not going to be improving much. But what I did was I practiced on how many balls I lost. And so I measured myself based on how many balls I lost. And that really changed my approach to the game because instead of trying to crush the ball all the time and trying to drive 200 yards or 250 yards, which caused me to lose a lot more balls, I changed my swing. And people make fun of me about this. My swing is really slow and I only drive like 150 yards, but the amount of balls that I lost drastically decreased. And then from there, I started to increase my distance again. And then my game has slowly started to improve. But it was much better than just hacking away. 
I think that's exactly what we talked about, which is that you change the rules of the game for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because in, in reality, we're always playing, even though society has rules, we're playing our own rules, right? Because we're it's our own life. Yeah. And if we can awaken from the trance and saying like, oh, we have to live by everybody else's rules, which you don't, you shouldn't. You can only live by your own rules, actually. I think that's just a reality, especially in like a game of golf. And the other thing that as you're talking made me realize was like the difference between linear change or linear growth improvement versus like exponential growth improvement, like hockey stick, mm -hmm. where it's like literally just flat for like a long time and then just like, boom, it just goes up. But I just love your example. That's what I'm gonna start doing for now. Because even if I hit it really far, 200 yards, and I lose the ball, it still adds another stroke to my game anyways. Yep. You have to drop a ball, you lost a ball, <laughs> you drop a ball and add two strokes. <laughs> so you end up having to hit three strokes anyway, but you save some money. Yeah. That's great. I'm gonna do that. That was totally my approach. I was really, became really happy with myself. Oh man. And it changed the way that I play golf. It made it a lot more enjoyable. Man, I wanna go back on the course now. <laughs> Oh, speaking of golf, another thing that I learned over the weekend from somebody, this is going to be a golf show, <laughs> the golf struggles. <laughs> another thing I learned over the weekend was to not go to the range and just whack the same club over and over and over again. Oh, yeah, you got to change. I thought your coach would have told you that. No, no, no. But what I mean is, wait, wait, are we talking about the same thing where it's like you pretend like you're playing, like you start with a drive. Well, you definitely warm up, but then you start with a driver. Yeah. You hit a driver, you see how far you hit. Then you're just like, all right, I need to hit another 150 yards. So you change a club versus like hitting the driver like 20 balls straight. Yeah, I, I don't do that. This is the advice I got from this golfer, which is like you imitate the game on the driving range. And I tried it out and it was awesome. Yeah. Because you only get one shot at that ball, <laughs> you know? Right. I don't swing the same club. I do it maybe like 10 times at most, but that's when I'm adjusting my swing hmm. and seeing if the, where the ball is going. It's like I'm making slight tweaks to my approach and where I'm standing and just seeing if I can make same contact at the same place over and over again. But I also get super tired a lot easier now. So I can't go through like a bucket of 100 balls anymore. <laughs> I can hit maybe 50. Yeah, well, you shouldn't be. That's the other thing was like, you shouldn't be hitting that many balls if you're really practicing. Yeah. Because the guys in the course, they were telling me like, every time I buy like 100 balls and they, I'm just whacking through it in an hour, he's like, it should take you about a little over two hours to whack, <laughs> you know, to hit those balls. You shouldn't just be whacking them. You should actually be practicing and being deliberate. Because again, on the course, you get one hit. Yeah. You don't, you know, like, all right, well, that went off. Let me drop a ball and, and try again you know, yeah. <laughs> with the same club and the same distance. Like, no, you don't get that. So that's interesting. Okay. So the two things that we cover today, one is this idea that acceptance does not mean resignation, meaning like it doesn't mean you give up, right? And the idea of giving up is that you don't have to change. And we're coupling these things. Like if you accept yourself, it's either saying that I'm willing to change or I'm not willing to change mm -hmm. and decoupling that idea. It's like the change part is separate. You have a choice. And the second thing about acceptance is around how how you set expectations for the different areas of acceptance. Because acceptance isn't one singular thing. You have multiple areas or dimensions of your life where 
you are continually faced with this question of like, do I accept myself here? Do I accept myself as a friend, as a good friend? Am I a good friend to James? Am I a good partner to Mink? Am I a good father to Miles? Am I a good business partner? Am I a good boss? Am I a good golfer? (laughs) There's so (laughs) many more dimensions that we have to ask this question of acceptance. And then in each of those dimensions, what are the expectations we set for ourselves there? And realizing that we can't have realistic expectation to grow in every single dimension all concurrently at the same time. Right, right. And I think that's the second thing that we realize about acceptance. Because the more we try to simplify it with our mind, the harder it is. Let me bring an example to explain what I mean by this. When we bundle things together, it just turns a molehill into a mountain or turns a bunch of molehills into a mountain. Mm -hmm. I learned this concept about procrastination, which I think I've talked about once before. The reason we, we all procrastinate, everybody procrastinates. Nobody in this world that does not procrastinate on something. We all procrastinate because it's actually not a task-based thing. It's an emotional barrier. It's a purely emotional barrier, meaning that we've turned a molehill into a mountain. What we see before us is a mountain or it is just like you don't even know where to start. And so you just you keep pushing it off. And you keep pushing it off until you actually find a place where you can start chipping away at it and start. And so the strategy was always to recognize and have awareness that's an emotional response, procrastination. And if you really want to try to tackle it, then you have to break it down to a bite-sized chunk, into a bite-sized piece. Right. Meaning like, what is one step or what is one, what's the first bite that I can actually just put into my mouth and fit into my mouth and just take that bite? And that's how you break procrastination. Yeah. Similarly with, with acceptance, I think it's very much similar in that concept in that because we have so many dimensions of our life that requires our acceptance, we should break it down and say like, all right, what areas can I just leave be and let it be operate a status quo, accept what it is right now and make that conscious decisions. Like I'm consciously choosing not to do anything about that area of my life right now, which is fine. doesn't mean I can't do anything about it in the future, but just right now I'm choosing not to do anything about that. I'm accepting it as it is that I am a mediocre boss, that I am a mediocre friend, but you know what? I want to make sure that I am a healthy person in terms of my personal dimension, right? And I am a good father, right? I'm a very present father. And that actually makes me feel really good because it's like, all right, sure, my life isn't all put together, but here's a starting point. You set your priorities. It gives you a very clear intention to each day. Yeah. And then once I get that area good, it'll need maintenance and I could fall off the wheel again, right? Fall off the bike again and lose balance of my health as I try to focus on another area. But I also accept that. Yeah. I like that. I really like how you brought that all together. I also accept that I just accidentally bring stuff together. (laughs) Sometimes I don't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 30 other episodes where I don't. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. That's a wrap for this week, I think. Yeah. Have a good day, everyone. See you guys next week.